everyone. Welcome to Saving Your Soul with Dolly. I'm Dolly Barker, your host, and I'm so thankful that you've tuned in. Um, If this blesses you, please share it or um, send me a message or text me and let me know. It's just very encouraging, and I I appreciate all the positive feedback. Um, I wanted to talk to you today about your mind and what's going on with your mind. You know, the Bible tells us, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So your thoughts are preceding your next season. Um, You are right now a result of your previous thinking. So um, I wanted to to start off by sharing, you know, that you are 90% of the time you're walking around on autopilot operating clearly out of your subconscious mind. And you're not even using your conscious mind most of the time. Um, And that's really good and beneficial because your body just relaxes and gets into a groove and you don't have to think about how to tie your shoes or how to pour yourself a drink or um, how to drive your car. All those things, you've programmed those things in and it's amazing how technologically advanced you are. But you are still having thoughts and the enemy is giving you thoughts and the world is feeding you thoughts and um, every movie is feeding you thoughts. And so you have all these thoughts coming into your mind. But if you're not aware of them, if you're not paying attention to them, they can literally become what you believe for the next season of your life. And I wanted to share with you in 2 Corinthians 10. I'm going to start in verse 3. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Listen, your problems are not in the natural realm. Everybody wants to blame their circumstances or the people in their life or the cards that they've been dealt. They want to blame something for why they are where they're at today. But nothing could be further from the truth because we do not war after the flesh. We're not walking in the flesh. That's not where our victory is going to be. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. A stronghold is something that is secure and stable, and it is running. You're going to have a hard time changing it just to, you know, it's a stronghold. But you can break those old strongholds and create positive strongholds. But you're going to have to do it with a little bit of effort on your part if you want to get the results. You know, um, this next verse is so powerful and it is empowering. It says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We have to cast down imaginations and bring every thought into captivity That means arrest like a criminal every thought that you have that goes against what God is declaring and promising for you. Um, Let me give you an example. I was waking up the other day. I'm just laying there in bed, and all of a sudden, this old country song comes in my mind, and I start, you know, muddling over on it, thinking about the song, and I'm just finding myself just kind of rocking to the lyrics while I'm trying to get up, and I realized how depressing the song was. It was so depressing. It was literally talking to me, trying to set the pace for my entire day. I realized that I was actually feeling slightly depressed when I was meditating on that song. And I had to stop 
arrest that thing like a criminal and bring it into subjection. And one thing I like to do whenever I find myself on a song like that is I just change the lyrics up to something positive that I'm believing God for. And I just start singing it out loud because I make sure that I am letting everything in the spirit realm know that I'm aware of what's going on. Plus, I'm, I'm taking initiative to reprogram my day, my thought patterns for what's going to happen today in my life. You know, I know a lot of people think that whenever you start thinking about your subconscious mind and your conscious mind and reprogramming your mind and your mental powers and all those things, all of a sudden people start thinking about Buddhism or something. Listen, Buddha did not invent any of this. All of the all of the principles that they use to reprogram their thinking and to bring peace in their life and all those things, they're all scriptural. Every one of those things are found in the Word of God, except the Word of God also gives you the access to the empowerment of the hidden riches that they're missing. Um, I can explain some of those to you later. In Romans 12, the Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That means, again, quit living in the flesh. Quit looking at your outside circumstances and how you feel and what you see and what you hear and what you smell and what you taste. Quit letting those things determine where you're going to be in the next season of your life. You're going to have to to decide, no, the Word of God has preeminence in my life. The Word of God is truth that outdoes facts. I'm not denying that where you're at right now is not factually accurate with what you think you have right now. But I am telling you that the reason you are where you are is because of what you have created and allowed. And that is the hardest thing sometimes for us to accept, you know, because we want to say, nah, this is, and we want to justify. No, because you don't understand. We all, every single one of us, have been the victim of the enemy and his tactics. Regardless if it's been blatant and public or whether it's been quiet and private, every one of us, the world has tried to program us and to get us in a situation where we are manageable. About half of what's going on in this world right now is the enemy trying to manage the church. And we have got to allow God to manage us and only God. And that way we are independent from the world system. He needs you to be dependent on him. He needs you to think that the world system is your source because he can manipulate and control the world system. And as long as that's your source, you will always be controlled. The Lord Jesus came to deliver you from the power of this world. He came to deliver you from the power of the controlling factors that are available in the natural realm. He wants you to live a higher life. He wants you to live free. He wants to destroy that yoke of bondage that we are all put under. As children, when you're growing up, 
you know, people say things, people teach you things, you know, the enemy does things, horrible things sometimes, and sometimes not as blatantly horrible, but just as crippling. You know, everybody has stuff. The enemy has worked diligently to try to put you in a position to be ineffective at stopping the enemy or advancing the kingdom. That is his one goal. And he wants you to line up with what he says and receive it. I can't believe how many people come and tell me, oh, when you're 50, this and this and this. And when you're 50, this and and every single solitary thing that goes on in your life. Oh, well, it's because your age. Oh, it's because your age. Isn't that convenient that the world has an answer for everything? And what it is, is I had another birthday. And now all of a sudden, I'm just, I just have to live this way. This is just my lot in life now. And I said, I don't think so. I don't think so. There is enough scriptural reference to back the fact that you do not have to be old. You're promised 120 years. Joshua's strength was not abated. His his natural strength was not abated. His eyes were not waxed dim. You know, um, Sarah was kidnapped for the king to marry her because he thought she was a virgin when she was, what, 75 to 90 years old, somewhere in that range. Twice this happened to her. My point is, getting old is a state of mind. It's a belief system. It's a programmed system that we buy into in the natural realm because we're living off the sense realm instead of the promises in the Word of God. I promise you, you can have your best days can be just ahead of you. Your strongest days, your healthiest days, your, your mentally. What is all this? We have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ, and you are not subject to the world, and you don't have to be. We all literally have an opportunity to be free from all of the things that the world has put on them. It tells us in, in, in Romans 12, verse 2, this is very important right here. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God does not yet want you to conform with the world. He doesn't want a cookie cutter you. He created you completely unique. How are we going to put you in a box? How are we going to disable all of your gifts and talents, everything that sets you apart, and bring you down to something the world can manage and put you in a, in a little box where we can control you? That's demonic. You are unique. You are special. You have gifts and talents. You are necessary. Listen, if you're serving the Lord right now, you didn't choose to serve Him. He chose you. I don't care what the circumstances are and how you got to that service where you heard the gospel and received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I don't care how that happened. I'm telling you right now, if you're born again, it's because God chose you. Because he knew the gifts and the talents that he put inside of you. He knew how valuable you were and what an asset you would be to the move of God that's about to occur in this earth. And he's reminding you right now, the fact that you're listening to this. When you could be listening to anything in the world. Oh, and the enemy will tell you, well, you're doing this because of this reason or because of that reason. Baby, don't let the devil lie to you. 
If he could have got you to do something else besides listen to this, that's exactly what you'd be doing right now. You're doing this right now because God chose you. God's going to give you an opportunity here to do something effectual and meaningful with your life. And we have to figure out, well, how do we um, transform our mind? How can we not be conformed to the world? We're going to have to believe what God says. We're going to have to see ourselves the way that God sees us. And, you know, it's, it's not hard. It's different than what we've always done. His system works differently. God's kingdom, his ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. He's, he's, his is better. But it is different from where, the way we've always been trained. We have been trained to be these little, um, just these go along, get along, just be a good little employee, just get up and go to work and just give all your money and just, just expect whatever comes along in your health. Well, just deal with it and just go take you some more medicine and then just, you know, just get old gracefully and just be quiet and just sit down somewhere and you're, you know, who do you think you are? And, and he just does that to you until he makes you conform to his way of doing things. And God is saying, it's time for us to break out. It is time for us to be what God's called us to be. And I know sometimes it can be a little scary because it's unknown, His ways. Can we trust His ways? I want to promise you, you can trust the Word of God. It never changes. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, you have to buy a newspaper every single day because what the world is saying changes every single day. But the Word of God is still the same. And if you want to know what God wants you to do, if you want to know what God is saying to you, if you ask Him, if you knock, if you ask, if you seek, and you open up this Word of God and you start reading, He will speak to you. He will reveal this word to you. It, it, this book is alive. It's quick, the Bible says. Quick is an old English word that means living. This is alive. This holy Bible, Biblia, book of life. This is the book of life. And if you seek to know, God will reveal it to his children. The reason the world can't figure this out, the reason it just looks like a book to them and they can find all these scriptures, they think, oh, this is contradicting. There's no contradictions in this word. None. But God won't reveal it to you unless your heart is right and you want to know. And then God will show it to you. And he's not going to be manipulated. So you can't fake it. But if you just open up the word and prayerfully talk to the Lord... And follow his leading and and just go where he's telling you to go in the Bible. And turn over there and just start reading. And see if it won't speak to you. I'm telling you it will. And it is so powerful when you know that God just answered your question. And you realize he's alive and he's still talking to his children. It is so powerful. This is not a book of regulations. We're not teaching the gospel of the law. We're teaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. We're not teaching the gospel of repentance. That's what John the Baptist did. But then Jesus Christ paid for our sin. Now we are supposed to be teaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. 
How do you live in a kingdom with its system, with its, with its, with its ways of operating? You have to learn how to operate in the kingdom of God. And he wants to do that for you. He wants to show you. You know, life is too short for us to waste another day on believing the hopelessness that this life provides. And that somehow that our faith is in some other person's going to finally do something or be something. No, you're supposed to do something and be something. You are important. God put you on this earth for a specific reason. And he wants you to accomplish that reason. He wants your world, your life, to be important and matter. You know, whenever the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt, it was a, well, you know, they had prayed and prayed and prayed forever so long. God, deliver us, deliver us. And then God sent them a deliverer. And they came out. And they were so excited, and they came out with all the wealth, with all the spoil. They came out with a mighty hand. They come out, and they're out there in the wilderness, and they're just doing, they're just celebrating. Oh, they're just singing and dancing and having a good time. But then all of a sudden, they met a few challenges. The challenges that they met, they had a mentality of a slave, they had a mentality of a person who um, was dependent on somebody else for everything. They had been stripped of their creativity. They had been stripped of their independence. They had been stripped of their ability to dream and to, to try to possess their goals. And they had been so broken down that um, they needed to be restored. And... There were so many opportunities for them to just trust God. And every day he did so many things. You know, the, the pillar of uh, this and the cloud of that and the, the manna and the, the, the Red Sea parting and, the, you know, just one thing after the next after the next. But they couldn't. They had such a hard time realizing they needed to trust God. Now, it's very important that they would learn how to trust God, and God knew they needed to know how to trust Him because He knew for them to come in and possess the promised land. They were going to be looking at a situation that was going to be pretty intimidating. They were coming in to take the greatest city on the planet at the time. They were going to be coming in and trying to take down a city whose walls were so thick that the chariots raced on the tops of them. They were coming in to try to take a, a city that was full of giants, that had, that had so much prosperity and blessing and wealth. Just the produce was just so big and full and healthy and just everything. Everything was so great. But he knew he knew that the enemy wanted to hold on to that territory. And he knew that the children of Israel were going to have to trust him with the little things. And if they could trust him with the little things, they would learn how to trust him with the big things. And so when he got them to the, to the town to take it, they would be able to do it. But you know, after all that time... God was never able to bring them over there and let them try to take it. 
Because for 50, all they did was gripe. Gripe and complain and complain and gripe. And gripe some more and complain some more. And the truth was, they were just so broken on the inside. They never allowed the Lord to do a work in them and heal them. And he offered it. He offered healing. He, he constantly was meeting every need they had. But they couldn't recognize it. They had been so programmed by the world. They couldn't recognize it. I don't want to be that way. I want to be a person that can change and learn and understand what God is doing. Because I know what God has for me is better than what the world has for me. It's going to take faith to trust God. Have faith in God. Have God's kind of faith. You're going to have to learn how to trust the Lord. And the way we're going to be able to do that easily and most effectively is to get in control of our thoughts. You know, they would say, did, the, did he bring us out of Egypt just to bring us out here to starve to death? They weren't getting in control of their thoughts. Instead, they were just mouthing out every fear and insecurity, every thought, because they were just waiting for somebody to come and take care of them every step of the way. They, they, they were just having such a hard time breaking out of the control of the other system. Now, um, Joshua and Caleb did it. But um, after, after Moses had died, whenever God said that, you know, we're going to go ahead and go over, he knew that Joshua could do it. Because Joshua and Caleb, you remember, they were two of the spies that came out and said, hey, we're well able, you know, because we're, it's not on us. We're, we're going to go in and take this land because we got God on our side. Yeah, they're big. Yeah, it looks intimidating. But remember, we have God. You, can, you can't be intimidated by what you see in the natural realm when you know your God is the one that created the whole earth. He created everything that's in the earth. He's bigger than whatever you're facing today. He's bigger than that. He created you. Just imagine all the miracles just any little one organ of your body can do. Anything on you. Just the miraculousness of it all. The power in a side of a seed. That alone right there is assurance that God is better equipped to take care of you than the world system is. But he tells Joshua in the book of Joshua chapter 1. He's trying to tell him how to be how to, how to get in there and take his land, how to get his portion. And he says, um, oh, he's telling him all kind of good stuff. And just for time's sake, I'm going to just start in verse 6. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people you shall divide for an inheritance the land which I swore unto your fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all my law. Now, the law that we're under is to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the law that we're under as New Christians, New Testament Christians. Um, Moses, my servant, commanded you, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper whithersoever you go. This book of the law, now this, is the, this is the most important thing right here. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and you shall have good success. 
Man, whenever you think about that right there, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. What I used to have that so backwards, I didn't understand what it was saying forever so long. What it's saying is, keep it in your mouth. Don't let it depart. Keep the word of God in your mouth. Be speaking like God wants you to speak. Meditate day and night. Meditate on the word of God. Meditate on the promises. You know, meditation did not come from the Buddhist. God wants you to meditate on the word. He wants you to get a visual image in your mind of what God is saying to you, of what God is promising you. Because as you think, that's what you're going to become. And God needs you to see yourself the way he sees you. He sees you as valuable. He sees you as a pearl of great price. Do you remember the story? A pearl of great price. That when the guy found it, he said, yes. He went and sold everything he had to buy that land so that he could come back and save that, that person. That's exactly what Jesus did for you. You were a pearl of great price. And he went and, and God sold everything he had and bought you back. He paid for you. God needs you to see yourself that way. He needs you to understand there's not one bird in the sky that can fall from the sky today and God not see it. God is your ever-present help in time of need. Your expectation is from God and only from God. God is your only judge. You don't have to worry about what people think about you. That's one of the greatest ways that the enemy uses to keep us from ever becoming anything is what will people think? Well, people are going to think that I am pretty amazing when they see what God is going to do through my life. That's what people are going to think. And if they have a problem with anything other than that, do you know that, that old story about, you know, you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket and one of them is trying to get out? The other crabs will literally reach up there and grab it and pull it back down and keep it in the pit with them. They won't help each other out. Well, that's like what people in the world do. And then they're not evil. Most people think they're doing that to protect you. Or you don't know what you're getting into. And so they try to bring you back down. Or they don't want you to, you know, they feel insecure. So they're thinking that everybody feels the same way they do. And they think, well, if you're a big hotshot, you're going to make everybody else feel insecure. and Nobody's going to like you. No, that's you. You feel insecure. Maybe so. Okay, I, I can't do nothing about that. But everybody in the world is not insecure and, and feeling like you're blowing past them. A lot of people will be so excited when you make it to who you're supposed to be. So that, so that they can learn, so that they can see something that they can do better, so that they can grow, that they can achieve their dreams. You know how many people are going to be excited when you finally get up and do what it is you're called to do? It's going to be amazing. And yet we live our entire life tied down because somebody else's opinion is that this is not the best thing for you to do. Well, that's not their, that's not their decision to make. The decision on whether or not you're going to be great and do things for the Lord or accomplish the will of God for your life or have a life that you enjoy waking up early just so you can get started and go do it. That's important. Having a life that's meaningful in helping other people. That is important. To have a life that matters to not only you, but to the future of this entire world. 
that matters. And it doesn't matter in what capacity you operate in. Whether, whether you're anointed with a smile or an encouraging word or a hug. You know what? There's so many things that could change a person's life. My husband got a hug from a woman the first time he went to church. We walked in and we had already had a deal. If they turn their nose up at me, I'm walking out and I'm never going back. And I told him, fair enough. You know, he was into drugs and stuff. He had long hair. He, he was so convinced that they would turn their nose up at him and we could walk out of there. And he made me understand clearly that that's what was going to happen. And we walked in. And this sweet little old lady named Miss Flo walked up to him and hugged him with a hug that actually was a legit hug. And it changed his life. You have no idea what you could do that could change somebody's life. And it's not something hard that you're not equipped to do. Whatever it is you're called to do, you're equipped to do it. It's all already inside of you. You are a powerhouse for Jesus. And don't let anybody say, well, that's just not even that important. You have no idea. I love the story about when Billy Graham got saved. This little town's church, they, they got together and they decided to have a big camp meeting. And they were just going to get a lot of people saved. And they worked hard. They put up a tent. They did everything. They invited everybody. They worked hard. And they did this tent meeting for several days. I don't remember exactly how many. And one nine-year-old child got saved at that meeting. And it turned out to be Billy Graham. And, you know, they could have looked in the natural and saw the results of what it was they were doing. And they could have said, man, we missed God. We blew it. This was a total waste. This was, you know, why did we even do all this? Man, I just feel like a loser. Maybe they felt that way at that moment. But you know what? I bet as the years passed and they witnessed what he did for the Lord and the millions and millions of people that he brought into the kingdom of God. I know for a fact that every one of the people that even passed out one invitation to that camp meeting got such a reward in heaven because no telling what all they had to fight to pull that off, to get that valuable person born again. You don't know what God has for you to do. But it will make an impact on future generations. It will make an impact on this entire world. So whatever it is that God's called you to do, man, dream it, meditate on it, achieve it, become that super person that God created you to be. Those dreams and and stuff inside your heart, Quit acting like that's not scriptural to believe for those things or want those things. That's in you because God gave you the desires in your heart. God put that in you. And he wants you to get to enjoy that life. Amen. 
Listen, I'm so thankful that you listened. Again, share it, comment on stuff if you can. You know, praise God. Message me. My phone number is 936-355-3399. I just love helping people get to where they're supposed to be with God. And I want to do that for you. And you know, God is going to help us as we've teamed up here together to encourage each other and to go forward. God is going to bless us and help us to reach this world for Jesus. Amen. God bless you. And I will talk to you again soon.